The date is Friday, August 20th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. In this episode, we're taking a trip back in time to discuss a story with many branches, but no solid roots. After watching The Green Knight, Michael will lead the charge through Arthurian legends with some brave nights of the Entertain This roundtable discussion. So listen in and enjoy. Hello once again, boys and girls. You've ventured into our neck of the woods. That's right. You're back at your favorite show on the internet encapsulating all things entertainment. Let's entertain this. Entertain this. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Michael. And I'm Nick. And I didn't do anything goofy that time. Uh, yeah. But We're now the goofy straight, straight stuff. Straight and narrow. Goofy <laughs> stuff's going to start now. This is the actual cold open because I have a surprise <laughs> bit for you guys that you weren't ready for. Are you a ready? Surprise <laughs> bit? That's right. It's a surprise <laughs> bit. We're falling back on our old bits. Guess what I'm going to talk about? What? Kanye West. It's a little Nas X watch. Oh, yeah. Hey, we <laughs> talked about Lil Nas X a long time ago. We did a short segment called Lil, Lil Nas X watch. Um, and we were talking about the controversy surrounding the song that he released and the Satan shoe and the lawsuit oh, with Nike. Oh, that guy. Okay. I'm out, it's I'm that on guy. Track. We're good. Yeah, you're back. So there's an update to the story that I want to get into before we actually get into today's episode, if you boys will allow me. Um, the update is he, after being sued by Nike, was teasing that he was going to go to jail, that he had <laughs> broken the law, that they were going to send him to prison. And in doing so, it inspired a uh, new song that he just recently wrote and released. Uh, and it also sort of had ties to like um, being gay in the music industry and mm. like coming out as gay and what people thought. Um, and the song is called Industry Baby. Mm. It is. All right. It, it takes place in a in a prison um where he is sentenced after he is tried for his crimes against Nike. Uh <laughs> it was it was released with a a, a short skit in which he kind of Eddie Murphy it and played like five different characters. Nice. Um and in doing so he basically was making fun of Nike and like being like this is the real reason why all this is going down. This is really why no one liked the Satan shoe. Uh and then he released the song Nice. Now, all of the money that was made from streaming the song, uh, which I don't have an exact number for, but I can tell you was like an extraordinary amount. He actually yeah. donated it to a ton of LGBTQ support groups. Ooh, um, good for him. Good so point. he made a huge donation there. And basically, uh, I just wanted to say if there is an end to this story, if it doesn't go any further than it is right now, um, he spun this in maybe the best way he could because he got mm. another song out of it, made a lot of money and donated it to the charity. Uh, that was kind of a, the whole point of all of this uh, to bring awareness to it. Um, not only that, but, you know, just to be himself. So we're all very proud of him and we wish him the best. That was a little Nas X watch. A happy ending for once. I like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. It's so nice. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's not the ending. Like, hopefully we get to have multiple new little Nos X watches in the future. But yeah, yeah. hopefully not so <laughs> dramatic, you know? Right. For sure. We're huge. We're huge fans of Lil Nas X here. If we could get him on the podcast, number one, we probably would be a lot more successful, and number mm -hmm. two, we would absolutely do it in a New York minute. Um, <laughs> oh, but sure. that 
that is enough talking from ya boy. It's not my ya week. Chaboy. So I'm going to pass it over to Chaboy Michael, who is What's going up? to be hosting us this week. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Michael, feel- take us I away. I don't know why, but since the last time I did this, it feels like it's been a legitimate like year for me. <laughs> <laughs> Times have changed. Times have really changed. Uh, so personal update. Uh, in the last month, uh, I have since left my job where I was at AWS. I'm going to another fantastic job, even better. But aside from that, even bigger thing. Now I'm not referencing Jade as my girlfriend on the show anymore. Now, as of like three weeks ago, I can reference Jade as my fiance. <laughs> I feel like, like I should have a ring adult. to show it off or something, but like. Guys, don't, don't get rings. Get I know. Okay. It's the weirdest thing. It's like, it's okay. I'm We're engaged. Audio medium. Prove it. I can't. <laughs> That's some no, bling bling sound you effects. prove it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, I don't know. It's been a big, big last month since my last time doing this. And, and so I'm, ver- I'm very excited and I have a lot of energy uh, to, got, to tackle got, this topic. You got a new cat. kitty. Show us your cat. I did. I, the, the cat was also a part of the engagement. Yeah, you got engaged with a cat with a little kitten. Yeah, it's <laughs> adorable. You're also moving here soon too. I am. You know, I am. You got a lot be, of crazy uh, changes, all for the better. Not, not the movement that I was thinking I was gonna be making. I'm gonna be staying oh, yeah. here, local in Northern Kentucky. So super uh-huh. happy about that. Um, but just to a nicer place. So we'll have a different background in a few months, um, and a maybe smaller room too. I think. Right. <laughs> well, it'll. Yeah, it won't be as big behind me. So, and hopefully, we'll be able to get like the sound set up a little bit better too maybe, so there's maybe not a little as much echo less echo maybe 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 just a little not that it's bad because i can fix it because i'm such a great audio engineer of course oh thanks hey, nick thanks uh, <laughs> for anyone who maybe noticed a little change in the quality last week it was because i edited it edited the podcast um so I did the sound engineering last week, and if you like that work, then keep listening because we have a project coming up to which I will be doing all of that, which is why uh, one of the reasons why I took the helm last week to edit. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I guess it was two weeks ago, <laughs> technically. We live in a time warp. Yeah. Let's do it again. Today's um, August. <laughs> Don't tell him. Don't tell him. Today, today is August white noise <laughs> today's august <laughs> yep exactly <laughs> it's a rave Ooh. i'm sorry <laughs> please tell us what we're talking about before i get all right all right into, so wrapping so earlier today i went out and ventured outside the confines of my my apartment bubble and how dare with, you with my fiance uh jade we went and saw a movie a movie that i've been personally looking forward to since i've seen the trailers one called the green knight Uh, which have you two heard about this at all? Yeah, he's the okay. uh, Irish version of the Dark Knight. Oh, is that true? Oh, okay, well, <laughs> here's nope. my guess. I think <laughs> at first I thought it was about the Green Lantern, right? Because it's green. Then I thought it was about Batman because it's the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, pro- you're about to tell me that it's probably not related to any of those things. So that and wasn't actually a guess. You just said what it's not, which is a, a much bigger target to hit. Well, than what I know, Alex, what it is. Alex, what I know is Nick was more correct than you were. <laughs> I know. And I wow. hate that. Cause it was a technicality. <laughs> okay, and we all know okay. it. I did see a trailer for it and it looked like yes. a medieval kind of setting. Uh-huh. If I remember correctly, 
Yeah. Uh, so that's all I know about it. That also <laughs> saw the trailer, there. but for the bit, I said something really wrong, and I feel cheated. <laughs> <laughs> Get something dumb. Welcome to the sacrifice of comedy, Alex. <laughs> I know. I, it's a weight that I carry. Um, but Nick, yes, you were correct. This is something that is medieval. Uh, it actually is a film that is inspired by uh, an Arthurian legend. Mm. Called, uh, about Sir Gawain and uh, Gawain and the Green Knight. Um, now, before we get really into anything, how, what is your all's familiarity with Arthurian legend? You know, it, it's uh, okay if none. No, <laughs> uh, I know about the Sword and the Stone. I know about the Round Table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know about. Um, I'm pretty sure that maybe it was when he was King Arthur that I think he was married to a woman named Guinevere. Yup. Mm. Uh, and I think Guinevere may have cheated on him with someone near the end of the tale. Mm. But I don't know who. Interesting. Um, and I know that if he's not wearing glasses, he turns into this like nerdy dweeb. But when he <laughs> is wearing glasses, he says, I can see. I can fight. <laughs> yep. Yep. You, you got that right. Yep. And that's from that was, the Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah. Yep. I was about to say, that sounded familiar. I don't know what cartoon that was from, but. Uh, Arthurian legend. There's a wizard named Merlin. That's yep. true. He, he has powers. Um, yep. mm-hmm. Then there's Lancelot, which I, which is I think one yeah. of his knights in the round I think table. that it's Lancelot that he that he uh, that Guinevere cheats on King Arthur with. Mm. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, I don't know how I know that, but I definitely saw something <laughs> where that was the plot. Of course, they uh, before they gather around the round table, they thank Circumference for being circular. Um, Yep. And he lays his son, Sir Radius, across it. <laughs> <laughs> Pi R squared. That's the uh, area of a circle. That's the yep. geometry joke. Anyways, nice. I'll shut up now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what what are the few things, like before today, like I kind of knew the same amount that like you did, Alex, but may, maybe even less. Um, like I really didn't know much about Arthurian legend at all. Hmm. Um, and... Because The Green Knight is a very new movie, I'm not going to spend really much of any time talking about the movie in and of itself. What I'm here to talk about today is Arthurian legend as a whole and why it is the world's most influential and some of the most well-known fan fiction ever made. Love that. Love that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I could go on a tangent real quick, Chloe showed no. me a TikTok today where it was because um, <laughs> you said fan fiction. Now, this is yeah. what I'm thinking of. <laughs> yep. um, I would like to personally invite Chloe on to tell you about it because <laughs> she <doesn't laughs> she's going to remember it better, yeah. better than I can. Um, I'd prefer that she play her intro because okay. she is fact checking me and I know that I'm going to get it wrong. So <laughs> it'll I just like blow that. your mind when you hear it. Hey, everybody. Hi, she's back. It's Chloe. I panicked when you said my name because I was right in the middle of chewing a Nutter Butter. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) That's what those voices are ready. Basically, this TikTok was the audio of the Meeseeks being like, well, he dragged me into this. Well, it's not my fault. He dragged me into this. But it was Fifty Shades of Grey, um, Stephanie Meyer writing Twilight. Um, Gerard Way, like, influencing her and dragging My Chemical Romance into the mix. Um, and then the last one was 9-11. Yeah. 
So it was like Fifty Shades of Grey existing, a Twilight fanfic, Stephanie Myers writing Twilight, um, (laughs) Stephanie Myers being inspired by, uh, is it Panic at the Disco? No, it's My Chemical Romance. My Chemical Romance, Romance, yeah. Uh, My Chemical Romance being written by, like, this, their main singer trying to get over his trauma, Gerard Way. And then his trauma being caused by 9-11. So 9-11 caused (laughs) Fifty Shades of Grey to be written. (laughs) Which is like... Which is like, wow. Honestly, the epitome of like what fan fiction is. Like, oh my goodness. Like, it is just disaster upon disaster upon disaster right, upon disaster. Right. It's like disaster. that towering deck of like yeah. blocks that just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Right. 9 11 is the small 50 block. 50 Shades of Grey. block is 50 Shades of Grey. Yeah. 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 Well, and the crazy Sorry thing to say is, it. it's that true. exact same thing happened in Arthurian legend, which is what made me go down this fucking rabbit hole in the first place. What? <laughs> yes. What kind of fan fiction are you guys reading? Because all the ones that I read are like uh, very gross. Do we say it? You're reading smut. There's a difference. Smut. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this is a hard word. <laughs> smut. <laughs> okay, well, don't put you in front of it, and you're probably good. You're reading smut, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, uh, I'm gonna see myself out now. <laughs> hey, thanks. Thanks for that info, Chloe. Uh, oh. A little what, heartache what did, on on what, fan fix for you, so you all yeah. get in the mood. Well, it, honestly, that's the best conversation I could have had, like about fan fix. So we're all on the same page now. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we're on the same page. I don't know what just uh, happened. Yeah, <laughs> frankly, <laughs> basically, fan fiction is like someone writes something, someone wants to like create their own fiction inspired by that, so they write their own story, and that can then like domino effect from nine eleven to uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, as we saw. Oh, got um, it. Yeah, it's just like creative freedom, creative freedom, creative freedom, creative freedom, and then boom, sex. Um, so let, let's go back to the Arthurian legend part because that's that's the that's the part where we're kind of centered around today. So went and saw the Green Knight. First off, the Green Knight is an incredible film, absolutely fantastic. Not one I'd suggest to everyone though. Um, hmm. It is an incredibly beautiful, uh, beautiful choreographed or cinema. The cinematography in this movie and the acting are both insanely good. It has a ton of like symbolism. Uh, and uh, because of that, it's something that you kind of have to go into uh, with an open mind, not expecting to have everything kind of spoon fed to you. So if you're going in and expecting like like a Marvel superhero movie. Where it's like you're you know all these characters, there might be one, but you get a little backstory and like all the like plot points are really like handed out to you. Mm-hmm. Not really the case. Uh it's very, very ambiguous. And you have to make sure that you're actually paying attention at all times. It was two, two and a half hours of mental concentration, which for me is very difficult. But <laughs> I did. <Okay. laughs> on a scale of uh on a scale of like uh what's what's a really simple movie to understand? Mm, maybe like Captain uh, America. Something like that. I was muted, but I had said the live action cat in the hat. (laughs) Okay. The cat (laughs) on a scale of cat in the hat to like uh, tenant. How, how much do I have to pay attention? Inception even. Inception. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that it's like not the same kind of like amount of attention you have to give like inception, but very similar less. I'd say it's a little bit less than inception, but a very different kind of that's right on the green for me. 
that's exactly where I need it to be is a little less than Inception because the only <laughs> yeah. way that I even got through Inception was with Chloe sitting next to me explaining it step by step. <laughs> you see, it's a dream within a dream. We within a dream. Psychology class. True story. Huh. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Inception was one of my favorite movies, which probably speaks to why The Green Knight is now one of my like absolute favorite movies that I'm probably only going to watch once. Well, um, next topic for for next month for you can be Inception, and nah. there you go, <laughs> the Inception nah. Deception. Look forward to that, maybe or maybe it won't. But yeah, so do whatever you want. As so, getting back to Arthurian legend stuff, as I said before, uh, so you all kind of already have an idea of like the basics of Arthurian legend. We got like King Arthur, Merlin, we got Excalibur, all yeah. that fun stuff, Guinevere. Yeah, 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 all the stuff that like everyone knows, like you're especially the chosen if you, one. yeah, especially <laughs> if you're from like a country that was at one time like occupied by England, which is like ninety five percent of the earth. Um, <laughs> it really is. So yeah. wait, this is something that's always confusing because when I think Arthurian, or did I say that right? Arth- Arthurian yeah, yeah. legend, Arthurian legend. Arthurian legend. <laughs> yeah, when I think of Arthurian legend, it's almost like placeless it could have happened anywhere it's interesting because i never actually considered it It probably does just happen in england yeah um is that can you like track down these locations and be like well this is where camelot was yeah yeah so like it it directly mentions like um specific places that don't have like a modern name but like they would be like modern day like essex and sussex um those are places, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And <laughs> like it, it references some like real life locations that they're just no longer called that anymore because, you know, oh. all of this, all of this happened around like 450 to 500 BC or Sounds not BC, like AC, a suffix. AD. Then am I right? Yeah, yeah. Ladies. Yeah. Essex. No. Yeah. Okay. Hey, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> all right. So we guess wrap that one. It's dead. It's, it's DOA dead on arrival. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> So, but in order to talk about, so we're framing Arthurian legend as like this big fan fiction, but in order to really talk about fan fiction, you have to establish like, what is the canon? What is actually like the canon part of that you're establishing new fictions based off of? Mm -hmm. So let's roll things back a little bit. Let's first ask the question, like, was King Arthur, was he even real? Was he even like a real guy? Um, The shorter answer is we don't know. Uh, we can gather from the stories and the histories that it happens, like I said, from sometime around 450 to 475 AD after. So sometime after the immediate like fall of the Roman Empire. Yep. Um, and the whole point of this is that like it's based upon this time when there is this huge power vacuum. So you have all of these smaller nations and territories vying for control and power over these larger lands that the Roman Empire used to have full control over. Yep. Um, so based on the stories and histories that we know, we can gather that likely there was a king that these stories might have been based off of that would have existed in modern day Britain who was fighting against the invading Scandinavians who at the time were known as the Angles and the Saxons. Um, but other than that, there's not really much of any historical records to suggest that King Arthur was an actual real person. So hmm. that kind of rules out history as something that we can go off of, which sucks because that'd be pretty dope if the, like Excalibur and like the Lady of the Lake were real. But we're like know. Merlin even. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I was wrong, actually. Let's let's fact check myself, if I may. Uh, I said it was a medieval story. But as you know, 500 A.D., 
is not medieval at all. Some would call that the Dark Ages. Mm. As as we would all know, yes. Thank you, Nick. Did the Dark Ages immediately <laughs> go before the Renaissance? Yeah, well, yeah. So it went the Dark Ages and then the Renaissance. And I think the Renaissance, the, what marked the difference was like the Black Plague, right? Well... Am I right there? You have to... Okay, so Dark Ages, Medieval, Renaissance, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you have the Enlightenment era and so on and so forth. But yeah, um, Chloe can feel free to fact check me on that. But uh, that kind of gives us enough to set the stage at least for me because you can think of like the fall of the roman empire and like here's yep. byzantium and then they have like their own yeah. thing the eastern so empire it, this, this is, is like it's a little... the beginning of the medieval it feels right. yes. exactly yes. yes it is the beginning of the medieval it's not necessarily the dark ages but yes the beginning of the medieval period okay thank um, you yeah uh so for all you history buffs and nerds out there like nick that that'll help you establish <laughs> the scene um, i just had to get it right in my head because i was like well it's not technically medieval <laughs> so it's more what for are my we in right now else. are we in like what uh, are we what the, are we the 21st millennium it'd be post-modern it depends on who you ask i mean yeah i don't know post, uh, post-modern? we're in the here and now alex and that's what's important we live is in it, the future, I'd man. Be, I think, in any <laughs> We're in other the future. One. Everything's chrome. <laughs> chrome. Future. Exactly. Medieval so, times. So we're we 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 can't use any historical evidence to like establish like a historical canon for what King Arthur and Arthurian legend is based off of, mm-hmm. uh, or, or an exact picture of what it was. So, however, we can use. A one of the first written accounts of it, which comes from the like mid 900s. Uh, but however, the story and the, this grouping of stories, while it does include some stories about like King Arthur and Guinevere and some of the main like focal points, it's very, very inconsistent. Uh, and it has like even within the same works, it's got details of stories that happened after earlier parts of the stories. And it tries to attribute actual years to it and it all just falls apart super easily. Mm -hmm. Um, So we can't really use that. So what we really attribute as like the first consistent uh, workings that we use as like the foundations of Arthurian legend comes from a uh, grouping of stories written by a man named Jeffrey of Monmouth. Uh, And this was out (laughs) in around like the 11th century. Uh, and so what it is, is kind of like a semi-historical collection of the all these like Britannian stories uh, ranging from like the first emperor of Britain, Brutus, all the way up to like the last guy whose name is like not really remembered because he fucked it all up. So it was kind of expunged from history. Uh, his name is actually out there. I was just too lazy to write it down. Okay, <laughs> That's what enough. we did to like almost every president other than like five. Yuck. <laughs> um. So, like I said, it serves as like the common foundation of like Arthurian legend. And that's because it's got like it's one of the first works that actually includes all of the like really important information that we use. So like we talked about earlier, it's got all the stuff about Merlin, Arthur, Guinevere and Excalibur and like a few other really important things that like are just not important enough for our podcast. Uh, OK, I see where you're going with this. Yeah. And so like but even it's sort is- of inaccurate because it's fan fiction. It's it's fan fiction on history, essentially, like the mm-hmm. original core that we're ca- trying to like call the canon is in and of itself a bit of a fan fiction. Um, yeah, it's it's like oral traditions. And this is a time when people didn't read or write so well. So they kind of exactly. rely on like people talking. A traveler comes by and he tells a story around a campfire and then somebody's like, oh, it's great. I'm going to write this down. 
Yep. So yep. This is and, this is actually one of my favorite literary tools. It's called a uh, well. It's originally known as a frame narrative, which is it's a story within a story. So you know that the second story that takes up most of the the piece that you're reading is mm -hmm. meant to be some sort of a bombastic interpretation of what it was. Uh, yeah. But because of it, you get a term called the uh, unreliable narrator, which is <laughs> like, you know, because this is written from this point of view, from this person, that the shit you're about to read is mostly bullshit. Um, <laughs> Which I love so much. Uh, a great example that's just easy to get your hands on, easy to comprehend, is the movie Big Fish. It's a Tim Burton movie. Yep. Uh, and it, it focuses a lot on the, uh, especially the narrator being unreliable. Uh, <laughs> because at the end you're like, did all that really happen? It couldn't have. He's an unreliable narrator, but it, it doesn't really matter, you know? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yep. It's so entertaining. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, a fun fact uh, about... Like one of these smaller details is about Excalibur. So uh, Excalibur uh, is actually like a uh, transformation of like a Latinization of a Welsh word. And like the Welsh word essentially can be translated as like just sword. Sword. <laughs> I <Yeah>. love that. <laughs> yeah. well, that's such like a grandiose name. You think it comes from like Latin or Roman or something like that? Excalibur. And then it's, yep. Well, it's from. It's Welsh. my great sword. What <laughs> yeah, is the it's name of thy sword? It's sword. Hear this, my greatest tool. I have named it Sword. <laughs> it is. This is. It's my. It's my Welsh sword. It's. It's a. It's a sword. <laughs> Pointy stabby thing. <laughs> yeah, and like. Before we really get any further, I also want to say this is all like I'm not an expert on any of this stuff. So if I'm wrong, yeah, probably like I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> You'll be brutally um, fact checked. Like I could hey, like we could be getting like supremely fact checked right now. And it's just kind of like, OK, yeah, you're right. Here's a fun fact for you listening at home. Many of the events and legends that are based on Arthurian legend are from Wales. And Price is a Welsh name. And Chloe Price is our fact checker who sent yeah. that in the private chat. Yeah. <laughs> which explains why Excalibur is a Welsh word for mm -hmm. sword because it yep. actually just means sword. They're like, yeah. Hey, what did he have? Oh, this great, this great sword. And it was called uh, sword. Yep. <laughs> it's just a sword. Why think would of it, I name think it? Of, it's a think knife. Of it like, uh, it's a big old someone, fucking knife. Yeah. Think of it like someone taking like an English, like, Oh, I've got this character and like, he's, he's like, he's, his hair is dark and he's stealthy and he's like a raven. What what should I name him? Oh, I'm a, what's the Latin word for raven? Corvus. His name is Corvus. <laughs> Incredible. It's basically that. It's Latin hero protagonist. Cool, yeah. Right, exactly. What's your, what's, your, what's your main character's name? Oh, hero protagonist. You're going to change that later, right? Why the hell would I change that? It's incredible. It's genius. It sounds badass. Are That's you gold, kidding me? Gold. <laughs> exactly. So, Excalibur so, and hero protagonist take on the world. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we go too off the rails, let's get back on track here. Um, That's bastardization. Yeah. That so, a lot of train references for someone who's not Nick. Shut up. Go ahead. <laughs> So we're going back, we're going back to this book that we we're talking about. The one that is like the foundations of everything. So one of the, like the most important things that it introduced was like the basic timeline of everything. Mm -hmm. So if we go back, we've got like Uther Pendragon, who is like in this big war with the Saxons, but like his most important goal right now is he just wants to bang his friend's wife. And 
Of course, his friend is like, nah, dude, we're not doing that. So they go to war over this. Um, Officially, all our theory and legend from this point on is is performed to the soundtrack of Party Rock Anthem. Yep. Because <laughs> as soon as you said that, all that he wanted to sleep with his friend's wife, my brain immediately went, Party Rock is in the house. <laughs> Why? Awesome. I don't, I don't know. Awesome. It just feels like that kind of a mood. Party yeah. Rock, Party Rock. And so... So Merlin sees his buddy, Uther, and is like, oh, you want this? Here, I got you, bro. And he disguises Uther as his buddy. Fuck. And his buddy sneaks into their kingdom and bangs his wife. Um, And then, oh, ipso facto, nine months later, baby Arthur pops out. (laughs) Candleless. Oh, that's how Sir Arthur was born. Yep. Wow. Uh, So later on, like, so, like... Arthur's kind of like doing his own thing. He doesn't have like Uther is like his direct. Like, it's his dad, but it's not like you are Uther's son. And like, yada, 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 you're going to get all the credit for all this shit. No, it was like Uther was later like poisoned by the Saxons and dies, which like it's then discovered that Arthur is the next in line. And that makes him the like the king at the ripe old age of 15. So like around <laughs> this time, that'd be like his midlife crisis. Um, so he's like the young king. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And then that's where everything kind of like rolls from there. Uh, so that's the really important thing that this book established. Um, but so before like Joffrey, the guy who wrote this book, could even really get the stories out the door and published, people were already like scooping this up and writing their own stuff on top of it. So people were like really already going hard on the fanfics. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, let me let me let me ask you all another question real quick. So when you all think of like bad, badly written original characters or like OCs, like what do you all think of? Um, I think. I think mostly of like overplayed or like very clear copies of pre-existing characters. Yeah. <laughs> like you think of the uh, the like secret creep who ends up being like the best friend of the protagonist once they right. see eye to eye or you think like the the loner who like never has any friends but then something big happens and now he's the most popular kid in school and it's like all of those super overused cliches basically anything you saw in a nickelodeon cartoon <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah basically i mean like it's either it's either that or it's like the like Look at this guy. He's so cool. He's the best at everything. Like he's gonna, he's gonna win the championship and bang your girlfriend. Like that, people, that's Hercules, is what you're yeah, talking yeah, about. Basically. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, that's Hercules. And it's like it's mostly just people trying to like live vicariously through this character that they've created, where it's like I get to experience what it's like to be the coolest guy ever. Um, yeah, the well, common theme there is like one dimensional characters. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've yeah. seen those. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But like, really. When we put that into perspective of Arthurian legend, that's literally Lancelot. Lancelot is someone's like bad OC, Mary Sue, I'm the best at everything. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's literally like references like this guy, Lancelot, he's the prettiest one of everything. He was raised from like a meager princedom by the Lady of the Lake to be a knight at the round table. He's the most handsome, strongest, most noble. It's just like, all right, cool. The Lady of the Lake was like a spooky specter. Basically. Oh my god. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. He, yeah. he was raised by a ghost? Yeah. This Not beast like, was raised by a ghost? I don't know if it was like he was like I don't remember if it's that he was like raised from the dead or if he was like 
raised like a status. baby got got left in a lake and then this lady of the lake raised right him. or it could have been that yeah yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. i don't remember uh i didn't look too deeply into that because i was this is where i started going down the rabbit hole of like wait a minute <laughs> like, hold up yeah hold up wait a minute something may right um but yeah so lancelot is like the epitome of like a Mary Sue OC. Um, He's can we refer to him from this point on as a Chad? Because I just think it's going <laughs> to help me understand. Sure. Yeah, we can we can think of uh, Lancelot as a Chad. Um, <laughs> Lancelot is a Chad. Yeah. Chad. To the, Chad Lancelot and Virgin Arthur. <laughs> Chad enters the Chad. And to, to kind of even go along beta, with that, beta so male like, Arthur is king. Yeah, and beta to kind of go along with that, like. So this person's writing this story about Lancelot. At the time of when this person is writing about Lancelot, there was this whole notion of at the time, because it's before really Christianity took a hold in these areas, because it was still mostly like um, Welsh and Celtic religion. So like modern day, like paganism yep. uh, is what we'd call it. Um, there was uh, there wasn't a lot of the same Christian beliefs that we would think of today. So one of them is this whole ability, this whole thing of like, court romance uh so you're at court you are two high status people uh and there's a few rules to this that everyone in the court must follow if they choose to pursue this so Mm. i don't remember all of them but there's three important ones uh one of them is that love for love's sake uh it's basically that like if you feel love you pursue it like no matter what and Mm -hmm. it kind of goes back to like the uther thing where it's like yeah he just loved loved his best friend's wife and wanted to bang her so (laughs) so love for love's sake (laughs) yeah and it's then there's this other rule where it's the whole idea of like loving someone in inherently makes you a more noble person like love is a noble feeling and loving someone makes you more noble Uh, i love this as a concept (laughs) yeah 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 so far it's really cool it's probably not going to stay cool, yeah. but I'm into it right now where it's like, it's yeah. like cute. It's like middle school relationship. Yeah. I'm into that. Right. But so it's the bad fine. Part. Let's hear it. Yeah. So then the third part is you're never allowed to show it. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also cool with the third part. <laughs> wait, you're telling me we can't make out in the hallways and in high school? What? Yeah. No, no, no. You got to sneak it. Like oh. no one's allowed to find out. Like, <laughs> so you're and, allowed to be like, I'm in love with Guinevere. Say, if I'm a Chad Lancelot, yeah. <laughs> and she can be like, I'm in love with Lancelot, and Arthur's like, Yo, that's dope. But if you kiss, off with both y'all's heads. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have my boy Merlin turn you into frogs. Yeah. So. Essentially, essentially what happened is, is as this person was creating the character of Lancelot, the Chad, trying to make him the most Chad-tastic Chad of all time, mm-hmm. um, he was like, okay, how do I make him like the most noble person in the world? Like he's already the strongest. He's already like the most beautiful, most handsomest. And he's already doing like all these quests. But like Arthur's still the king. How do I make Lancelot cooler than Arthur? I make it so that Lancelot and Guinevere have a secret court romance. Let's go. Let's go. Let's secret. go. Let's go. Yep. This and is so the part that I knew about. Inherently, that makes Lancelot more noble because he's pursuing love for love's sake. And because he's in love, he is more noble. Uh, but through this and entire also, time, I feel it like can't be discovered. There's, there's a certain <laughs> level. I think there's a certain level of like honor in 
pursuing love that you know is like if you were to pursue the love of just like some random like just some random woman or some random man's wife it's like that is honorable you're right but it's like actually i love the queen so much that i'm gonna pursue her knowing that it could lead to my like execution by the king right like that feels more powerful than the latter in Hmm. in like a classical romance way exactly yeah yeah but there's also like you know the modern interpretation of like don't be a dick to your friend tell your friend uh like talk to talk talk about it yeah, and then, but we like, also result- don't hold court anymore right, in the exactly. traditional sense. So <laughs> court. It's hard to compare. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, for sure. If you're if a girl's married, how about you just like don't is what modern <laughs> day rules that. would say. It's like, hey, you know what? You can love for love's sake if it's consensual and if she's not married mm-hmm. any other way, stop, maybe. Yeah. Consent. Just a suggestion. It's a great thing. <laughs> We have the um, rule of never show nor tell. Mm-hmm. Don't show, don't uh, tell. But yeah, so that's basically Lancelot as a whole. This guy who goes out on like nightly quests, always completes them, is the best at everything. Um, God, I hate him now. Yeah, I liked I know, him before right? this. What a yeah, now I hate him. Um, so that's like the, the core of like where all the fan fiction kind of starts. Like we then get like stories about some other knights. Like another one that's really important is about like the uh, the story of Sir Percival, who goes and tries to help cure an ailing king, and like through this, like there's some sort of like procession and something, and this is like the this story is the first mention of a Grail. Um, oh, yeah. In oh. no way, in no way is it referenced as holy though. It is just oh. a passing Grail in a procession that so leads later to on. That, okay. Yeah, so then later on, it, le- it led to the addition of Christianity well, to later, kind of bury the lead. Yeah. Well, later on, it was even it took even like smaller steps than that. It then became like, oh, this this like uh, this grail is like an important part of like another story now because someone wanted to pick and choose elements from others to create their own fan fiction. Um, and then eventually, yeah, Christ- Christianization happened. And then we and started like, having all this of this. This was the like, grail of Jesus. Right. It's like every, all of the Ethereum <laughs> legend, despite the fact that it's got all of this like pagan, pagan elements to it. Like the Lady of the Lake is clearly like a, like a spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have uh, King Arthur's, I think it's his like half sister uh, named like uh, Morgana Fay. Or something like that. I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head. Morgana Fay and Fay, she is like a ha- she's like a sorceress, mm-hmm. clearly like pulling from the whole idea of like the Feywild, because um, the whole idea of the Feywild actually comes from like Welsh, like essentially paganism. It was just a connection to the spirits of nature. Um, <laughs> and then we have like the story of the Green Knight, uh, talking about like the Green Knight comes in like the first 15, 10 minutes of the. 10, 15 minutes of the movie. He's basically a dude who has green skin and is covered in like tree bark and plants. Um, he's clearly <laughs> not, like a reference Shrek, to. Right. I want to, <laughs> I want an Arthur extended universe. Like <laughs> there that, already is. Like there the already Knights is. Of, but I want it all made by like the same studio that like, oh. if somebody took like Marvel studios, like this would be 
different movies about like well this is the story of king arthur and like he got the round table and now you see all these knights well this is a story about this knight and this is a story about this knight and this is a story about lancelot and now here they all are like teamed up in an avenger style movie Mm. facing against this guy like that would be so dope and i think i would see every single one of those movies (laughs) um so that's that's my idea that's that's my it's now that's my intellectual property (laughs) and if anybody takes it I'm going to sue, but I will still come see those movies. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but it is mine. I'll give yep. you 20 bucks. There you go. Any other offers? Let me know in the chat. <laughs> there you go. But so we have the Green Knight and like we talked about. So very clearly he's a reference to what in like pagan religion is known as the Green Man, which is just kind of like an overall representation of like a deity of nature. Um, just to put it as simply as possible. Um, and we have lots and lots of, like Uth, like not Uther, but uh, Merlin was like a druid. He then gets turned into like a, a wizard, like very pagan. Uh, so despite the fact that there's this like a heavy sprinkling of uh, Christianity that gets incorporated in all these stories as they get more and more fleshed out over time, mm-hmm. um, all of these like pagan uh, references are actually still kept in there. Uh, which is like a very rare thing for this time. Um, so that's how they we then eventually get the story of the Grail turning into the Holy Grail that then turns into like the Holy Quest. Uh, and from that spawn some other new characters, um, one of which is Galahad. Have you all heard of Galahad before? I've okay. heard that name before. I don't know why. Yeah. So I've heard of the legend of Galavant. <laughs> it's the same person. It's the same person. No, Galavant was an uh, NBC musical. Yeah, I'm, which Galavant <laughs> is supposed to be Galavant's about a verb. Galahad. <laughs> well, that's incredible. Galahad, <laughs> I yeah, love now. this. Please proceed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Galahad. So we now have this new scope of like how we view Arthurian legend. We now are viewing it through the scope of Christianity. Well, let's take a little bit of a rewind back to our character, Lancelot. Lancelot, Giga Chad, awesome at everything. But now we have this kind of like red stain on it where it's like before we had this whole idea of like court romance, like the secret court romance being something that made him more noble. It turns out in Christianity, cheating on your uh, significant other quite frowned upon. Uh, not not wow. not the now you're a dick. How does that thing. feel, yeah. Lancelot? <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. I sure uh, he. I bet he does lance a lot. Yeah, got him. Yeah, Loser. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have this new person who's now creating their own fan fiction of Arthurian legend. Um, they see all this stuff going on with Lancelot, and they're like, "Huh, he's great and all, but he's got this one thing. I need to make my guy better." <laughs> That's Galahad. Galahad is basically Lancelot, but without the cheating. Um, I love that. Yeah. Um, I want to see a Galahad Lancelot team up. Well, (laughs) we can't really do that because the part of the core of the story is of like introducing Galahad is that Galahad being this person who's just better and better than uh, than Lancelot. They've got to have a way to kind of really cement that. So what does this new author do? They, there's this whole idea of the uh, the the grail seat at the round table where it's whoever sits in it 
will be recognized as the knight of the Holy Grail, where they will be the knight who finds the Holy Grail. Um, if anyone else were to sit in this chair, they will immediately die. Um, (laughs) Galahad is kind of a bit dumb, which is like kind of like a lovable trait. Um, he, without really even thinking about it, goes and sits in the chair, doesn't immediately die. So everyone else at the round table, like King Arthur included, is just kind of going, Oh my God, we found him. He's the guy. He's the guy. He's like, is the seat taken? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And uh, so then this kind of like begins the whole quest for the Holy Grail. And everyone starts going off um, and trying to find it. And like, because everyone, despite knowing that, like, everyone's basically like on Galahad's side. I'm like, yeah, Galahad. And they're like, we're going to help find you find this thing so that you can find it. Everyone except for Lancelot. Lancelot is a bit of a petty bitch throughout the story um, uh-huh. <laughs> and goes out and tries to find the Holy Grail. Uh, he finds it first, actually. He does find it first. But as he approaches the Holy Grail, the Holy Grail casts a fireball at him what? and knocks Ooh. Lancelot unconscious for three and a half weeks. <laughs> Got him. Basically, it's God being like, Get the fuck out. <laughs> no, not you. Get out of here. <laughs> not um, you. Yeah. Is is am I picturing the Holy Grail right? It's like this golden cup with jewels in it and Yeah, yeah. You've seen you've seen Monty, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's that. Who has it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So Michael, you've been watching a lot of TikToks lately and this is going to age yeah. us so well. <laughs> Have you seen those TikToks where it's like I like you. Have a cookie. I like yes. you. Have a cookie. And then it's like, uh, yep. and then, I like you. Have a cookie. It's yeah. like, it's yeah, like it's that, ba- but basically the, uh, that, but the new author was the uh, for Lancelot. Yeah. <laughs> Lancelot. <laughs> it's like a King Arthur. I like you. Have a cookie. Gala, Gala whatever. I like Gala, you. Have a cookie. Galahad, Lancelot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, Guinevere, like I Lancelot. like you. Have a cookie. Yep, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I feel and the so same. Later on, we've got uh, uh, Galahad, who him alongside some other important knights, Gawain, who is Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, and then another one whose name I can't remember right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they stumble upon the Holy Grail and. Uh, the other two knights that are with him are like, oh, my God, here it is. This is incredible. Like, what are we going to do? Da, 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 da. Galahad just kind of walks up to it, takes it. He then gets a bright light from heaven shown down on him, turns around. Right and today. he then gets lifted by angels up to heaven as everyone else is with him. is just kind of like, oh, yeah, he deserves that. All right. Bye bye. It's like, yeah, he's so cool. He should be in heaven. You're right. My guys. <laughs> yeah. You, exactly. you mean to tell me that he was uh, assumed into heaven. And that's just like a normal thing that happened back then. I love that he's a lovable idiot because it really is just like, hey, look, it's a cup. And he like picks it up. <laughs> and then the angels come down and lift him away. And they're just like, <laughs> after he's gone, they're like waving in the clouds, like come back together. And they're just like, so should we go tell Arthur? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just like walk off. <laughs> Yeah, basically. <laughs> That'd be a big I deal for uh, have gone in heaven. For Christians especially, because the only other person that was taken to heaven who didn't have to experience death was... Yeah, uh, Senor Jesus Cristo. No, not only him. He actually mm-hmm. died. 
Yep. Um, and then ascended to heaven. Yes. On the third day, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but amen. Amen. Uh, but the Virgin Mary, Jesus's mom. Was yeah. Assumed into heaven. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big which, fucking deal. <laughs> yeah. Which like it becomes a really important part actually in Arthurian legend because there's like the five, uh, the five truths uh, I can look them up. Chloe, hey, I'm going to I'm going to use the fact that we've got a fact check. Can you look up like the five <laughs> chivalric... down the fact check card? Yeah, can you can you look up what the five chivalric truths are for Arthurian legend? Please and thank Chiv- you. Yeah, chivalric you have to keep truths? talking while she googles yeah, though. Yeah, that's the yeah, secret yeah. I've so, discovered. Like, yeah, yeah. So then there's also like the whole idea of five is really important. So it's the five chivalric truths, but then there's also the five injuries of Jesus while he's on the cross. Yep. Uh, you've got boop, like boop. Yep. And then the two the two feet and then yep, the, the two feet in the side. Yep. And then there's also the, uh, the five truths of Mary, I think is what it's called. Uh, I don't know what those are. I even grew up Catholic, but I don't know. <laughs> I've um, been out of Catholic school for a while. Mike. Yeah. Been, have I'm, to... Yeah. I'm a, I'm a bit dry on the whole Catholicism thing. Um, <laughs> You're going to have to write me a confessional slip. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but it becomes like, there's this whole symbol of like a pentangle, uh, if you will. Uh, where it's basically a star with five points. That's the important part. And that becomes a symbol that you'll actually see in uh, the Green Knight, where you, all the knights of the round table have this pendant around their necks that has this five-pointed star, uh, as to constantly remind them of all of these different things, but most importantly, the five chivalric truths. Oh, the five-pointed star. I thought that was a Satanism thing. That's Only an upside-down upside five-pointed down. star. Mm-hmm. Oh, Apparently that matters. Okay, so the five points of, it is a pentagram, technically, are Mm -hmm. generosity, courtesy, chastity, chivalry, and piety. Yep, which actually, that is all very important information to know if you're going to go see the Green Knight. Uh, Recognize that, because then you'll see references to that, uh, because that is like a like classical uh, Arthurian like romance, chivalric romance. Like those are a type of story, chivalric romances. And generally that's all about. One more time, Chloe. Mm -hmm. They are generosity, courtesy, chastity, chivalry, and piety. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Okay. So a a chivalric romance is basically the story of a knight who goes on a journey and then is tested on these truths. Uh, Mm. And so, yeah, so those are some important things to know when you go see the Green Knight. Uh, Thankfully, I I didn't know this going into it, but thankfully, my wonderful fiance had previously read uh, fiance. (laughs) She had previously read the Green Knight in high school. So that helped me understand a lot walking out of there, which prompted this. uh, Well, now I want to read it before I see it. It's no, very Chloe, different. We're going to see it very soon. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's it's very different. Very different. They are like it's definitely like uh, the movie is definitely a fan fiction of the story. <laughs> Chloe's still my girlfriend. Whoa, you guys are dating? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. My, the fact check. Here's a fact for you. She's my girlfriend. Hey, thanks for thanks, Chloe, for the information. No problem. <laughs> Thank you so much. Wow. Um. But yeah. The five five chivalric truths or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the five, five of them. Um, but yeah, so like it's all these different things that have gone on to make uh, to to like influence, like bring Christianity into the Arthurian legend. So it's not something that was always there. Uh, another thing that kind of came from this is 
the whole idea of Merlin. We kind of talked a little bit about it, but like Merlin very early on was just kind of like this weird, like mentor dude uh, who like was just kind of there for Arthur was also there before for his dad, Uther, but he had some weird like nature magic. So he was like a druid essentially. Mm. Um, Later on, people wanted to make it a bit more interesting. Uh, So they basically came up with the idea. And this is like kind of what we think of as Merlin today as like he's this wizard. Uh, But where did he get these fantastical powers from? Uh, Basically, the whole idea is that uh, a bunch of demons and devils sent an incubi or incubus. I don't remember what the male version is. Incubus. Um, Incubus. Sent an incubus to go impregnate this virgin. Is it an incubus? Uh, I thought incubus was the woman version. No, that's a band. Incubus. Anyways, please continue. Anyways, <laughs> no, uh, succubus. Succubus yeah, suc- is a woman. Yeah. Incubus is a man. Yeah, yeah. So they send the demons and devils send this incubus to go impregnate this virgin, this virtuous virgin. Uh, and basically the virgin's like, hey, we shouldn't do that. But also, like, you're kind of hot. Um, <laughs> so they do do it. But then they immediately baptize the child, like upon being born, to remove the the taint from the from the from the devil child but it's well, and this was all kind of in, hurt later yeah this is all kind of in an attempt to create like an antichrist figure but thankfully this virgin woman is able to be like nah fam uh god's cool um, now i got your baby and yeah. i got god yeah <laughs> and so they create, what's up demons yeah so now now we've got merlin merlin's got like oh these, my god but he still has these like demonic powers where he could still use magic but now he's a good guy so he's on our side when um, merlin finally meets his father he can actually be like what's up demon it's me your boy, your boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly um but yeah and so even even merlin himself is, he's gone through so many iterations like he used to be much more of like a background character who had some like important parts of the story but now we've got the whole idea of Merlin being this guiding figure who's always there for Arthur. Um, and that then like creates the whole notion of like, OK, now we've got the sword and the stone. How did Arthur how did Arthur know that he was the child of Uther was the was to be in line for the king? Well, there was this test where there was a sword and a stone. Merlin and the lady in the lake were like, bada bing, bada boom, Arthur, you're great uh, here. Go try it out. And that's how I figured it out. That was not a part of the original story. Um, huh. And so even like this really, really like important foundational parts that we see about like the Arthurian legends came from essentially fan fictions. Um, <laughs> but that's there's still definitely like a lot more to discover there. But really, that's the core of it. Uh, then like after like all this Arthurian legends of the stuff like specifically around Arthur, um, everyone was kind of like, OK, that's a little burnt out. Now we're all going to go make our own OCs and create this giant tale of all these different knights of the round table. And that's kind of where we're at today with Arthurian legend. We have all of these like basic stuff about King Arthur and now all of these really, really cool and interesting stories about the knights that he was around. And that's kind of and like I said, that's kind of where we're at today, Uh, leaving us with what I experienced today in the Green Knight where it was essentially not really a story about Arthur, a more interesting story about a more flawed character uh, in Sir Gawain. Uh, and it's a very, very 
beautiful, like I said, beautiful, um, incredibly well acted, poignant film that you have to go into with your eyes wide open. There's a few things that like I would highly recommend like doing a little bit of research on. But like if you want to be like fully surprised throughout and speculating, I really enjoyed it the way I experienced it. Don't know anything. Go watch it. Experience it all. Leave and be like, what the fuck did I just watch <laughs> and go research? Because then you'll be sent Something maybe down me- another another rabbit hole like I did. <laughs> Just from listening this far into the podcast to hear that, I think you probably know a lot to go in and be like, oh, okay, I'm going to have all of this in mind when I go in and watch it. Yeah. Yep. Because, I mean, before we even started talking, like, I didn't know that The Green Knight was a, like, Arthurian legend spinoff. Like, I just thought it was another, like, you know, set in that time period, medieval kind of a story um mm-hmm. yeah akin to like the witcher maybe yeah um, kind of like the witcher's more of like that it, the witcher actually is like polish uh comes from like that that area so like is Britain, it like the same time probably like some some differences of like a thousand to like two thousand years but like not enough to really be like i mean That's it's nothing. two different fantasy universes if we're trying to compare like real life times things get a little <laughs> sketchy um, not even apples to apples right <laughs> i think I think that it's funny, too, that theoretically, these Arthurian legends had just as good of a chance as Christianity did to kind of stick. Like, the major religion could be, like, Arthinian, for all we know. But Christianity is like, this is the religion. Everyone go with this. And yeah, then it's, it it's just more like together. Yeah, yeah, it's more like since everyone was creating like di- stories based on these Arthurian legends, they were such a popular like folktale at this mm-hmm. point. It was like it was going to naturally follow whatever society at that time was playing into. So that's why we've got all of this like more fantastical elements that follow close and that align much more closely with like pagan religions. And then it's like, cool, time goes on. Jesus Christo. Like we got that all just like <laughs> like right in there. It's almost like a stew. Really, because yeah. you, you start off with yeah. like this pot of broth that's like, I don't know, BC, I guess. Then you start adding broth. in a little potatoes. You get some uh, you get some paganism in there. Yeah. Then you get a little spice. You get the Islamic yeah. traditions in there. Exactly. Abrahamic yeah. religions. And then yep. it's like, today we have like nihilism and stuff like that. Just to kind of <laughs> spice up the pot a little bit. You yeah, know? which funnily <laughs> enough, like definitely like the Green Knight's a bit of a nihilistic take on things. <laughs> Walked into um, that one. <laughs> yeah. Good stew. But, but yeah, so like there's awesome stuff. And I think it's really important to then think about like, okay, if Arthurian legend and all this stuff is basically just people evolving and building off of things, what can we then keep considering part of Arthurian legends? And then we can start going into the whole discussion of like what works were directly inspired by them. Like there's tons and tons of them out there. Like we've even got like the Lord of the Rings has some direct ties to Arthurian legends. So technically that makes maybe Lord of the Rings like part of the Arthurian legends. Which (laughs) means because Dungeons and Dragons is based off of the old Lord of the Rings uh, novels before they had become movies. Which means D&D is based off of Arthurian legend. Which if you then look at it, it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We've got the Feywild in, in Dungeons and Dragons. The Feywild and like comes spirits. from paganism, which is made into like medieval culture through Arthurian legends. And that's where which we means get, yeah, every Vin Diesel movie is based off <laughs> of Arthurian <laughs> legend because Vin Diesel based all of his characters off of characters he's played in RPGs. Yep. <laughs> Why is everything connected? 
There's so many different focus. <laughs> everything is a flat circle, Nick. It all just rounds back on and on itself. Wow. As Nick likes to say, history doesn't repeat itself. It only rhymes. I didn't originally say that, but thank you for quoting Doesn't matter. Me. You said it first to me. <laughs> all Michael I said Scott. was you liked to say it. It's true. It does rhyme. I, I just thought it was really fascinating. Like, yeah, The Witcher's based in Poland, and you have all, like... <sighs> We kind of scratched the surface a little bit with the Witcher episode and discussing like Polish legends. Yeah. And then there's probably German legends and there's probably Finnish legends and Russian yep. legends. And now, <laughs> there's all this stuff you, going on. Where you start to see like something interesting is like when you start looking into, say, Cinderella. There is a Polish version of Cinderella, but there's mm-hmm. also like a Chinese version of Cinderella yep. that basically were made at the exact same time, though these two cultures supposedly never met nor came in contact with each other um and like snow white there's a version of snow white here a version of snow white there there these are all like very similar stories and you start to kind of realize like humanity is just kind of one flat line that we're just all riding yeah and i mean it's like at the very baseline like it all takes just one person telling a story for that to cascade into a million different things like it probably took like one caveman going ooga booga and now we've got uh now we've got legends like lord of the rings like <laughs> it's true it's that timeline thing like from loki if you've seen that yeah like, here's exactly. the sacred timeline here's uh, a nexus event and i'm gonna start talking like this is my story do with it what you want somebody yep. takes I mean, that story you, and it's like too much have you seen that that animation where it's like Pangea and it shows like the first man evolve and then Pangea like breaks apart and then like man slowly like dissipates. But there's this belief that like when like we were way, way back in human history, we were originally one tribe that then spread out yeah, uh, and became nomads. And when we did, like we all got our own cultures. But that means that there was once this centralized point where we all had shared this one culture um, and that probably developed into all of this stuff. That's kind of mm-hmm. what you can pick from the fact that these fairy tales all kind of come from each other. Yeah. Um, it's all very interesting. Yeah. Because well, there's one thing like that connects. Stories. There's one thing that connects all of us and that's entertainment. Am I right, ladies? Wow. Hey, let's do a quick this, huh? <laughs> How about it? <laughs> oh, let's wrap it up. I'm so used to that little break that we get from whatever ads we were running and now it's just like all right let's do a quick this and i'm like yep hard cut (laughs) (laughs) whiplash we are if if anybody wants to advertise on our show reach out to us uh our email is entertain this podcast at gmail.com we'll plug anything we'll work something out (laughs) you you and me we'll work something out you don't even have to pay us no maybe you do i don't know well i guess now they don't because you said that (laughs) no promises Nick doesn't count. Especially not me. Yeah, I'm kind of like the chaos factor. Nick doesn't do the negotiating. Nick is stalling right now. Yep. Also, you're not the chaos factor. Yeah, it's it's been established. I'm more the order factor. Mm -hmm. Oh, we got a timer? Hey, look, the timer. Yep, and I I think think chaos factor at this point is the combination of Alex and I. (laughs) Yeah, it's just... (laughs) Nick, you got to click this? It's whoever's not hosting this week. (laughs) Right, essentially. Okay, 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 okay. I got it pulled up now. I, I got a little, I got a little something for you. I right. Quick, this. Let, give give it three, to us. Give me a three. We're worth one. it. Okay, just, just hit the button. All right, cool. You're going. Let's, let's, let's get her done.
Okay, so this is popular with the TikTok kids, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's called well, a POV. I hate how this is starting. It's a, <laughs> it's a POV. You've just POV. finished a long day of work. You've Piece had some violence. dinner. You're looking to unwind after a day of life. So what do you do to chill out at the day's end? Do you do you drink some fermented grapes? Maybe smoke some funny smelling oregano? Do you flip on the tube for some mindless entertainment? The answer is yes to all those. Maybe you'd enjoy a little show called The Joy of Painting. And that's the topic of my quick list for you boys tonight. So let's get this show on the road with our two-inch microphone, some podcast red, and this little quick this about our boy Bob Ross. I'm starting to worry because I feel like you guys are losing that the quick this is about something we can't do an hour episode on. You can't do an hour. Surely we could do an hour episode on Bob Ross. You could, but I'm not going to do it. So this is my quick this. Well, we might do it later. (laughs) I I think at this point we could just kind of qualify like anything that we did a quick this on free game now for a full episode. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel uh, personally that I'm a little overqualified to talk about this. Uh, not only did I win an award for knowing Bob Ross trivia at a painting class, I also are what some would call an artist in the loosest possible definition of it, mind you. You could but... do a whole episode on this. <laughs> I know okay. you could. Alex, Alex, it's okay. We'll do it. We'll do it later. We got it now. Stop. Stop. Right you now. could do it. No, I'll no, stop. no. Go. Go ahead. I'll leave. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> I would turn this car around. You hear me? <laughs> the point is that I know stuff. I know you guys know all stuff. Uh, But I think that's kind of one of the allure of a show like this is being curious about things. It started with me being curious about the man with an afro behind the meme. You know, you see the memes on the internet and that makes you kind of curious about things. So you might be sensing a common theme with me at this point. If not, I'll spell it out for you. Memes are very effective at getting me to watch things. So I took a chance, put on this little show. And the next thing you know, I'm inspired and entertained. So for me, the thing that gets me to engage with this the most is the ease of watching a master craftsman create something out of just some colors and some gentle little brush strokes and a little bit of encouragement too. But also there's a roller coaster of emotions. Bob starts out one painting by using a very, very dark color with like something like sap green on his brush. And you saw the finished product before he started and you're thinking, oh, Bob, you madman, what are you doing? And then he just brushed it side to side to create these little reflections on a water of a pine tree right next to a, a glacial mountain lake. So it's those brief moments of discord that lead to this happy resolution and harmony in the end when he presents the end product of beautiful painting. And that's the joy of painting, really. <laughs> but like anything, it goes to show you that you get out what you put into it. Yes, you can have it on in the background to block out repetitive thoughts of existential dread, or you can engage with 90% of your brain your drain brain and still get relatively same amount of enjoyment out of it. Alternatively, you can go the try hard route, like maybe Sir Lancelot did and buy some paints and do the painting yourself. It's your choice after all. And how you engage with entertainment uh, media is entirely a different episode altogether. But while Bob might've left this planet several years ago, his videos live on in the internet to show the world that you don't need to be a Picasso or a Monet or go to art school even to paint something worthwhile. You can even make mistakes or happy little accidents along the way. And that's all right. When asked about his calm and relaxed approach to, like, say something like mistakes, he said, quote, I got a letter from somebody a while back and they said, Bob, everything you in your world seems to be happy. That's for sure. That's why I paint. It's because I can create the kind of world that I want and I can make this world as happy as I want. 
shoot, if you want bad stuff, go watch the news, end quote. <laughs> so that's his classic nice. Bob Ross. <laughs> but really, all you need is a brush and a canvas and a little know-how to create your own work of art. That's what the joy of painting is all about. So I ask you, dear listener, go entertain this show. I highly doubt anyone will watch this and feel any kind of tension or anger. So chill out and unwind. And until next time, bye-bye and God bless. Aww. And to fill the yeah, rest that's... of my time, I have some fun facts about Bob Ross if nope, you're interested. <laughs> you're we're going to save those for... We're going to save those on our... Where, 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 Bob Ross. Are, are they still showing the Bob Ross like infinite playlist on Twitch? I don't know. I don't I don't get on Twitch that much. Oh, okay. Probably. So do you know like what's the easiest way to watch Bob Ross episodes? YouTube. There's a lot of Netflix lot of episodes has some. on YouTube. Netflix. Okay, cool. I know. Don't I was Maybe about to say Hulu. Disney Plus. Mm. Not Disney Doubt Plus. That. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely YouTube though. He has an entire Bob Ross channel and he's just got Mountains and mountains and mountains and mountains of episodes that you can go watch. Mountains and mountains and mountains that he painted. Yep, that's right. <laughs> the, the man loves to paint mountains. We he did does. an episode a while back, if you guys recall, um, actually with your fiance uh-huh. about uh, the entertainment of watching the process of art. She yep. talked about a lot of mm-hmm. um, a lot of Instagram uh, users, a lot of Facebook users who kind of gain audience from making these like insane sculptures or like doing time-lapse paintings. I know one of the big ones is like the street spray painters. Yeah. And I think that that, that is the trickle down effect of Bob Ross is like, because Bob Ross did this, now we're all like doing these smaller things yeah. on the internet. It's kind of like an echo of that Yelp that he let out into the world. Yeah, it was, it was definitely like one of the first times that we ever saw like personality put to art and really yeah. making that the product. It is just absolutely satisfying, like you said, to watch a master craftsman yeah. make something beautiful. Yeah. Well, Bas- basically, well give uh, give Mr. Rogers an art degree, and that's uh, <laughs> Bob Ross. <laughs> Almost, yeah. He, he kind of pioneered the uh, the whole ASMR thing too. Yeah, before that was even really a thing, because you know you get the yeah. you get the little brush strokes on the on the page, and it makes this lovely. Yep. And of course, his calm demeanor always yep. helps. So, and then you get that broken up with him batting his uh, his brush to the <laughs> side of his beat devil the devil out, yeah. out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that in an actual art class you'll get frowned upon yeah. I've learned that the hard way <laughs> it's like what Sometimes Sometimes I saw the king do it, the devil out of it. Right. <laughs> I think uh, I had I had a thought earlier today mm-hmm. um, you have thoughts of us doing like an entire ASMR video like an ASMR episode where Ooh. we're all just like really close to the mic and we're really letting them have it and like maybe we're like working on like a screenplay or something right. and we we're just put like the, put cool. the mic right close to the keyboard we're just like pitching pitching a movie to each other or workshopping through a movie idea and so i have like a, a like a typewriter and i'm like typing yeah. it out here in the click clacks and just we doing a real nice hour long episode like that yeah we could do something like that or we could have like an entertain this episode about asmr all done in the style of asmr, <laughs> ASMR. wow that's yeah. that's uh, that's an excellent idea michael thank you thank you um am i even capable of this i don't know you, you gotta turn um, up, Nick. Turn up your gain. Turn up your gain. Okay, hold on. Turn, turn up. up that's, your how you, gain. that's how you do it. Come on. You gotta get gain, bro. All right. This is starting. This is starting to go as, into a weird place. <laughs> hey, as always, if you have something you want to see us cover on the show, email us uh, your suggestions at entertainthispodcast at gmail There's also a nice little form at the bottom of our 
there. at the bottom of our website. It is mm-hmm. uh, www.entertainthis.net. You can scroll down to the bottom of that page, make your wheel do the little clicky thing as you're scrolling. <laughs> you can uh, fill out that form, do a little clickety-clack on your keyboard. Uh, if if that doesn't suit your fancy, you can also reach out to us on our social medias. On Twitter, we're entertain underscore this. On Instagram, we are entertain this podcast. We also have a Facebook page that you can follow for updates on the show. Be the first to get new information on when we release new episodes. We also have a YouTube channel. We are entertain this. You can check that out and watch our live streams every Wednesday. Sometimes they're on Thursdays. Just have to tune in to find out. Ring that bell notification. Make sure you subscribe. Until next time, thanks for watching. See ya. Bye. All right, bye, guys. <laughs> this episode of Entertain This was written by Michael Savoya, with additional commentary from Alex Steele and Nick Mustakangas. Our showrunner and resident fact checker is Chloe Price. Our theme music is Fresh Rubble by Aaron Spencer, with additional interstitial music by DJW. Tune in every Friday for new episodes, and thanks for listening.